RJ, it is almost like playing nine games in 14 days is a bad idea for a professional hockey team. Yeah, uh, it's almost like the, the human mind and human body is not meant to play that much high-level hockey in such short a time. And I, I know we're going kind of straight to this, you know, some might call it an excuse of, of the team being tired right off the bat here. But above all else tonight, I mean, this Kraken team just looked exhausted. Yeah, they did. And it was just, you know, why wouldn't they after that long road trip, after having to play yesterday, right? I mean, that's these are things that, that we normally see from teams on back-to-back, much less a back-to-back with travel in between. Uh, all that stuff, and then obviously coming off of a prolonged road trip, right? Like the kind of the longest road trip you're ever going to be on, um, thrown in there as well. I mean, it, 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 uh, I, I saw people talking on the game chat in the Discord, kind of like this felt like a scheduled loss almost, just in the sense that no matter how great you were playing coming into it, all of that is going to take its toll and kind of pile up on you and, and put you in a position where really for both of these last two games, the Kraken looked like at times they didn't have anything left. And again, kind of who can blame them? Yeah. And I think that's what, what we have to say basically at the end of it is who can blame them. Um, you look at the schedule, even at the start of the season, you kind of pencil in those scheduled losses given given where they're at. And and I think also yesterday, because I mean, look, they were in Seattle yesterday. You and I were at the game <laughs> yesterday. Uh, and you know, we heard from from multiple people out this just kind of felt like an extension of the road trip, you know, even that one home game, because you're going back out on the road so quickly. Um, and I think just really what this team needs, they, they'll have a team day off tomorrow, uh, just rest up, kind of reset and then get back to work at home. Exactly. And if you look at this in the context of it being an extension to the road trip, right? It makes it a nine game road trip. You went seven and two. Like that's still anybody and everybody would take that all day long. So uh, I I still think things are okay. I do think that, you know, yes, you get tomorrow off, although you're going to be traveling tonight to come back to Seattle in there. Uh, So, you know, that's still going to be a tough game, especially having to play New Jersey after this. Like, it's just, you know, scheduling gods are still not being kind to the Kraken here. Um, But yeah, I mean, you've got that. You've then got a couple more games. I mean, it's going to be a tough bit to try to get to that that three-day window that the Kraken have coming up at the beginning of next week. I know you got to just try and get there because they're still playing every other day now. I mean, there, there mm-hmm. really is no, no break from all of this yet. Uh, they got a couple more home games to go, but uh, yeah, if they can just get there and, and get the rest, but I, I think at least just one day is going to do a lot of good for them. Right. And yes, it's New Jersey and then Colorado. So uh, those are some, those are some easy teams to kind of catch your breath and reset with, right? Like that's how it goes. Um all right, so first, you know, got to give a shout out. It's uh, it's my turn. I get to point down. It's yeah, there you go. Hall. You got it. Obviously, obviously, we're back here. I get to do a hotel stream for this post game live, but do want to shout out Queen Anne Beer Hall for for being very gracious and and welcoming us in uh, for those past two post game lives and everything. I know certainly on that last one, everybody that the quality on that was was uh, not good. Uh, there was a lot of circumstances that ended up going wrong and lots of failures along the way to get to that that point. Um, we've we've done the, uh, the the diagnosis and everything. Everything is going to be much better for next time. Uh, and, you know, hopefully next time also like Internet. So we're not having to like try to run it off your phone. That was yes, that was a lot of it for that that second one in particular. Um, but want to give a huge, huge shout out and thank you to everybody who made it to both of those two events and were able to be there. It was so amazing to meet so many of you in person and be able to share watching that Chicago game with you, to be able to share those post-game lives with you. Uh, it was it was just an incredible experience, and I'm, I'm just so, so happy that we were able to make it happen. Yeah, and, and to meet so many of you for the first time and, and also to see the other ones that I had met before uh, and, and hear your stories, too, about, um, you know, your relationship with the team and kind of, you know, how you've come to, to be fans of not just the Kraken, but of hockey in general. Um, and, and those stories, like Dylan, I'm sure you can test it. Like, they just oh, yeah. make our day hearing them. We'll, we talk about them afterward, like, oh, my God, did you hear this? You know, it's just it's great stuff that, that we um, that we absolutely love to hear. And just to get everyone together and, you know, and meeting and talking with you 
each other. Um, just so happy to have those events and, and a huge, huge thank you uh, to everyone who came out and uh, had that good time with us. For sure. And someone who did come out to the to the first one there was Sergeant Pickles, who's kicking us off with the first Super Chat of the night here. Uh, on to the next installment of the Cryptid Cup. That's right. Kraken gets to go and take on the uh, the, the, the Jersey Devil. Uh, That's for right. Next, for this next game. Uh, appreciate the Super Chat, Sergeant Pickles. And yeah, I, I think that, you know, there, there's definitely that kind of attitude to a loss like this one. It's crazy, too, because moments into the third period this was a one goal game yeah <laughs> how quickly I, that 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 kind of feeling went away it's easy to forget that too because as vince dunn scores that goal which yeah let's be honest a bit of a lucky bounce off that glove there i liked your tweet there about whether jack campbell had my my duct tape glove or not because it sure felt like that um but uh yeah i mean i i figured basically okay buckle up they're you know they're here to play it's gonna it's a one goal game it's gonna come down to the wire here just that really unfortunate uh, Tolvin and own goal shortly after kind of nipped that in the bud. But um, like you said, this is a team that never quits, that never goes away. And as tired as they were, they came out to start the third period ready to play. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, there is there is like a, a really cool idea that, that has been brainstormed uh, earlier today that I want to get out to everybody. But I'm going to leave that as a little bit of a teaser. I do want to just try to, to make a dent here in this in this yes. big comment active comment section real quick. Uh, started us off against Sergeant Pickles here with Duds first today. Kraken crashed in all the uh, cashed in all the puck luck that they had already. This is not that uh, this is that one game that tanks Jones save percentage and dear something fancy, but not scoring isn't a penalty. There was there was lots of interesting reactions from those Oilers fans tonight, and it is like this one's going to be tough for Jones's save percentage. I feel like the people that were kind of giving Gru a hard time yesterday, uh, you know, talking about how he's like not better than Jones. Like I felt like this wasn't a particularly great Martin Jones. Game. No, it wasn't. And, and there, you do have those moments, right? And I was thinking this, especially that one that yes, it was off a deflection, so it's it's tough to corral. But the one that kind of leaked through him and was sitting there near the goal line for a little bit, I'm like, man, if that happened to Philip Grubauer, people would be all over him. <laughs> oh yeah, they would. Uh, on the studs, though, Dunner best stretch as a Kraken. I mean, this is I mean, this is like it's got to be close to historic for a defenseman in kind of the modern NHL, right? The amount of games, the amount of goals he's had in the last X amount of games. I mean, it was it was four and seven in that Chicago game, so this would be what five and nine. Yeah, whatever it is, Eric Carlson is probably the the, who, the leader of it. But still, like it's it's got to be. I'm looking at like point streaks by, you know, defensemen, and you know, even at eight games, he's you know he's he's near the top of like active players and 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 such. I'm looking at like. You know, the, the record is like Eric Carlson. Well, as Shane Gostaspare actually in 2016 with 15 games, but like and then Eric Carlson with 14. But like you scroll down here and you're getting at 11, 10 range. So and he's still got it going. So, yeah, you know, he's up. there. Yeah, it is definitely active. Full send Yanni is full is fun. Win or lose. Insert unsure fry Futurama meme. <laughs> Not sure if Bash Bros or Lars Turbo over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that was awesome uh, those two coming together for that hit yeah it was it was a lot it's it's one of those where it's like it's like a kind of a bittersweet thing right as i'll i'll go ahead and i'll i'll sub in uh little lars here there you go look at he got he's got the bobblehead now it is we're all good um, no movie magic no editing tricks that's actually <laughs> yeah. in his hands definitely not definitely not pulling that off on the hotel wi-fi over here uh it's one of those like it's bittersweet like it was like a super cool amazing moment like 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 it's huge it's highlight worthy all that kind of stuff it's going to be built into the next inside kraken thing all that good stuff but at the same time it's a play that took one edmonton player out of the play and two crack it out of the play and it's like <laughs> this is what i talk about when it's like the big hits and stuff or when certain players like an oliver bjorkstrand chooses or, or chooses not to fully commit to a hit right? That's part of the reason why, right? You want to just kind of box somebody in and use your stick because it keeps you active in the play. When you fully commit to a hit, you're going to, you're going to 
you're you're going to stall out. You're going to stop. You're going to have zero momentum going in any direction. And there's a good possibility that that player is going to go down and then you're kind of tangled up in them and you're not going to be able to rejoin the play quickly. And so I do think that there is there is part of the reason we don't see those big hits in the NHL anymore is because of this idea of, you know, they might not really be a net positive for you after all. Yeah, no, I I think, you know, there, there's something to that when you do uh, um, commit to a hit like that. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, you often put yourself out of position. And um, yeah, it's a real lost art in the NHL because I mean, and you could see leading up to too, Adam Larson's kind of eyeing it up, lining it up. And you, you do have to you know, in order to get the timing right, you've got to fully commit yourself to it. You can't worry about anything yeah. else that's happening on the ice. Yeah, no, for sure. Brian, I've seen this movie, A Series of Unfortunate Events. Very appropriate <laughs> title for this one right yeah. there, Brian. Absolutely. Hunter, Gru needs to start next game. Jones looks exhausted. I agree. I had the same thought while watching this. Gru looked really good yesterday, in my opinion. Jones today, I mean... He was just slow, like getting up out of Butterfly or after he went down to make a save. Like, you know, there was a lot of times where I was like, dude, like, like, okay, like pop up. Like, you know, you need to be up. The puck's kind of still live around you here. Yeah, it was kind of off, like kind of odd. I mean, it, it in the second and third period, he just looked a little bit off in his movements, just not quite as fast, still kind of fumbling for the puck. I don't know, little flashbacks to some of the late San Jose days, honestly, for me. <laughs> It just, yeah. it just, I don't know. It didn't give me a good feeling. But at that point, like the Oilers were all over the crack, and you know, and and just everyone was kind of reeling. Yeah, but I, I agree. If I'm, if I'm Dave Haxtell, I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm going to start crew next game based on how they both look these last two days. Ty, fire Haxtell. That's what we do now, right? Lol. Got destroyed <laughs> on transition, then couldn't clean up anything. Uh, Rowboat goal, pretty entertaining though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the um. Yeah, I mean, it's it was just a rough one. Like we we talked about this, um, and we put out that tweet. But like, you know, the key to Edmonton, JT talked about it pregame, keep them to the perimeter, right? And that's what they did in that second Edmonton game. That was exactly two weeks ago from tonight. Was that other game in Edmonton? Tonight, that just didn't happen, and it's mostly because they just couldn't keep up with them. They they were tired. They couldn't handle the speed of, of McDavid. They couldn't handle the speed of Zach Hyman. So it yeah, was like there was a, there was a lot of that where it was just you know to to do that against a team like this takes a lot a lot of energy mentally and physically. And and when you've played nine games in fourteen days, you're you're just not going to have it. Yeah, I mean, well said. But just fatigue really, really sets in <laughs> when you can't like you can't handle the speed of Zach Hyman. I think that kind of says it all. <laughs> yeah, Kragadok, this team runs hot or cold. They need more consistent scoring. Is this concerning, or do you think this was fatigue from the successful but grueling road trip? On the whole, I think this was just fatigue from the road trip. But I will once again take time to say, top six, where you at? Yeah, the, the top six scoring has has not been there, you know, certainly not at, at even strength uh, in the last you know few games. And that's something to look at because what we talked about this on the podcast about how maybe with the team shooting percentage and, and some of this scoring may be beyond what is sustainable. You know, not that it's going to come down to nothing, but to see games where you're kind of struggling offensively at five on five, it, it shouldn't be the biggest surprise to us. Although this one, I think you got to chalk up to fatigue. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Lindsay, the road game magic is gone. Uh, I don't know. I think this one is an outlier given the overall situation of having a home game yesterday, traveling up here for this one. But road game magic, I want to talk about this because this is, has to do with the brainstorming session that you know me and my mom kind of had to, had today, but really the seeds of this lie in those in those Queen Anne Beer Hall live post games and stuff that we did, RJ. And that is the idea of, you know, great. We, we talked about the, the road trip. We were talking in person with people. Kepler specifically was the one. I remember having yeah. a lot of conversation with this about, um, which was the, the, the white uniforms having something to do with that, right? Like, they look fantastic. Let's, let's try to bring that energy. Maybe that's part of it. Can we use them at home, right? We know we're not going to be able to use them at home. And then on post game. Gregory brought up, I believe it was Gregory who brought up the idea of uh, doing a whiteout, right? Mm. And so what I'm going to pitch to everybody 
is not for this next game against New Jersey. We need some time to make sure that the word of this travels. But for that game after those three days off that we have next week on the 25th against Vancouver, we all tried okay. to pull together and we tried to do a whiteout ourselves. Anybody who's going to the game, do a whiteout. Anybody at home, wear your away jersey, wear your white stuff. And let's try to get some of that road magic and see if we can pick up that first win against Vancouver. Well, I like that idea. Vancouver right? Canucks whiteout, just completely reverse the mojo. Yep. See if it works. You know, I like that idea. Yeah, we just need a catchy hashtag for it for the for the day of and everything so we can get like really going on social media and everything. So if anybody's got any suggestions, send them our way. But yeah. I think that, that that would be a really fantastic idea just to, just to try something like that as a community. We can all be in it together. And and yeah, like I said, try to get a try to get a win to Vancouver. We we need it. Uh yes. Tammy, I think this was just one of those nights we had some things not go our way and made some mistakes. I agree. I think that's a very appropriate way of looking at this one. Joey looked horrible. Uh, defense hit anyone. Two goals where they basically go into the crease and Kraken are sitting around. Agreed. I think, again, that's, that is a mental fatigue thing. And I've talked about this last season. But whenever you're playing that much in your own zone, whenever you're playing that much in general, the way the Kraken have played, playing defense is such a mental game, far more than a physical game, because you have to be paying attention to so much. You got to be paying attention to the puck carrier and the puck itself, but also where everybody is in the space around you. And it's very mentally taxing. And I think because of the mental fatigue of having played all these games, that's why the defense was really soft and letting guys get behind them and all that stuff. Cause they were just burned out. Yeah. And I've used the word focus a lot to, to talk about the way the Kraken need to play in front of their own net. And it's tough. You have to be always aware of it all the time. It's you know, like you're walking on a tightrope every single step. You, you can't make a misstep. And then, you know, then <laughs> try not sleeping for, you know, eight, nine days, you know, it's, it's going to wear on you. Um, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. It's it just, it's hard to maintain. Yeah. Coop, that was tough, but I'm cutting the boys some slack. Agree. Cody, the chat numbers tell us that people are not happy with this one. Lol. Second game <laughs> of back to back. I'm not too worried about this one. I agree. I just think it's just a lot of stuff that's just piling on. And it feels like a lot of that's in here uh, as well. So people agreeing with that. Um, Joey, I'm sad we could have been in first place tonight. It's a, it's a little rough. Uh, absurdly saying JT said it was only it was 41 hours at home. <laughs> like yep. Not even it's it's just it's so rough to be in the situation that the Kraken were put in with all of this. Uh, to be honest, I think we probably win that game if it's not the second half of a back to back with travel from Lindsay. I agree with that, right? Because yep. a lot of how fluky this Oiler stuff was and a lot of um how how it just went down was just because of how tired they were right and you, you would have expected uh, and you know most teams to kind of put the kraken away given all that faster but the oilers have trouble with that and even you know when when the kraken are within a goal early in the third well, knowing that that's the tired effort they gave like i don't right. know the oilers just seem like a team that will let you back in it if you if you have that energy to get back in it yeah absolutely um so many pucks just sitting there from shot i know <laughs> Uh, Emery's on a positive note, Gord, Bjorkstrand, Tolvanen look like a great combo. Such a fun line to watch. High energy, constant forechecking. Feels like we might have found something special with those three. Absolutely. I mean, we've, we've talked about this kind of the last week or so with that unit and, the, and how fantastic they've been playing. I mean, I, I almost don't even know what else we have to say about them. But it, on a night where so many members of the Kraken kind of look tired and, and all that stuff, I felt like that line stayed consistent and they kept that energy level up and they kept that pressure on Edmonton really all night long. For sure. And and this is one of those things that I love that that Yanni Gord brings. And it was every member of that line tonight. But I, I always go back to, to Yanni Gord because, you know, he, he's a heart and soul guy, part of this team. And then also you look at before the big win streak started, before the big road trip started, and, and you had actually that game against Edmonton that went really poorly, the one in Seattle. Yeah. Um, Dave Haxtell made sure to single out a couple of his players as guys who always, always put in that effort. Uh, and Yanni Gord was one of those. And he can be so valuable, not just when it's, you know, uh, guys need to work harder, they need to put more effort in because, you know, there, there's no excuse, but also when everyone's exhausted and everyone has an excuse. But you know that Yanni Gord's going to put in that extra little bit just because that's what he always does yeah 
Uh, super chat here from Schultz. Should the Kraken have used their healthy scratches, put at least a couple of fresh legs on the ice? John Hayden, RJ, where was he? Yeah, he was he was up in the press box. And that's interesting to think about because uh, for a team as tired as they are, and this is something I feel like we should have thought about because it didn't even cross my mind going into this one. But, I mean, way to bring that up, Schultz, because, um, yeah, this is a situation where sometimes teams will, uh, you know, put one of their healthy scratches in. Kale, putting Kale Fleury in I think would have been a mistake just because he was, you know, out of out of practice for so long and against like a Connor McDavid uh, on the road where teams can get the matchups they want I don't know about that but yeah John Hayden I mean maybe it would have been good to see him in there tonight yeah especially because I felt like um like Morgan Geeky was a little rough and and out of it at times today which was interesting because it's not like he played the entirety of those nine games um, yeah. So, but but I, I I feel like at forward that would have been easier. I agree. Kind of on the back end with Flurry. I know I said the defensemen get worn out mentally more so than the forwards, and so normally you would want to do that. But again, I I don't know, I don't know that really defensively anybody had played so bad yesterday that that they they would be the person that you would take out without it looking like kind of targeted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that so it's sense. one of those when it's. When everybody's just tired, you don't want to you don't want to necessarily as a coach make anybody feel that like oh I'm I feel like you are the person on the edge so to speak. Although, given the way they've kind of rotated in and out, like Geeky Donato, those guys, if they had subbed in John Hayden, I don't think anybody would have kind of created that narrative around it. I don't necessarily think that the players involved would have felt that way. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I'm trying to think though, like I don't know every. Hockey coaches and players are always so routine based and they want to keep everything so normalized. I'm trying to think of a time where I've kind of seen that where just because a team has been on a long road trip, they've, they've started rotating in, you know, the scratches like that. Have you, can you remember of anything like that? Um, I can't remember. Well, I, I think the Kraken, like on the second half of back to backs have just, you know, in the past, I, I think I seem to remember them like, making lineup changes not necessarily because someone you know but just because like we wanted to get some fresh legs and i think i remember Haxtell giving that justification sometimes but i can't remember a specific moment but i'll have to go back and think on that yeah it, it is an interesting thing um cr bud i heard new jersey is already in seattle they will be well rested yeah i mean they're, of getting, to spend, of they're getting to spend the night in seattle and the, the kraken aren't going to be able to for their game on thursday and that's <sighs> you know what it's just setting up for a better narrative when the crack can get that home win on Thursday. That's all that. Yeah. Is. You know what? It's, it's yeah, exactly. It'll, it'll just be a bigger accomplishment. They'll be proven even more against yeah. the rest of the devil's team. Yes. Tammy, glad to see the power play, get a goal. If we can get specialty teams going, it'll take us to another level. What do you think about putting Sprong and Tolvin in on the same power play unit? I mean, I'm all for it. As soon as Tolvanen was even picked up off of uh, off of waivers, I, I speculated about that, that maybe you could have Sprong on one side and Tolvanen on the other, just given those shots. It's mm -hmm. so hard to defend. Um, I think I compared it to to, Kuch to Tampa's look where they have Kucherov on one side and Stamkos on the other. You know, obviously two different kind of calibers of players overall, but they both you know, like Sprong and Tolvin, and those guys have that shot. They're more kind of gadget players there, but it can work if you build something around it. So I would like to see that. But what you need is you need some time at home. You need practices to work it out and you need time to go over the video and figure out what you want to do there. Uh, you can't just do that on, on a road trip like this, but it's something I would like to see once they have a little bit more time to plan it out. Yeah. Five days in five days, they can work that yes. on that. It's exactly. Oh. It's, it's such a rough situation. The other thing is, um, I, I yeah, I think it works things out. It, it makes it so that teams can't pull what, what the Lightning pulled yesterday and just flood the ice over to the Tolvan inside. We saw this with that last power play, and I know it's the end of a 5-2 game when you're on mm -hmm. a power play, so you're not really like maybe trying with 110% effort yeah. and all that good stuff. But Tolvanen took all, what, three, four shots on that last power play. It was just Tolvanen one time or Tolvanen yeah. one time or Tolvanen <laughs> one time. It was just like, all right, I'm like, I'm, 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 it's diluting the effect. You know what I mean? The emotional <laughs> response I tend to get from it. But it was a big oh, game. Here yeah. it goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, 
but it was a big day for the second unit power play. I mean, they, they all picked up you know a little over a minute more than the first unit today, uh, given mm-hmm. a lot of their chances and everything. So, um, but I do think that having that ability to have one timers on each side would be really, really, really important. And especially just with the way that they run their power play, a lot of it is funneled through these one-timer looks. We've talked about how little they use the bumper spot and looks like that. You you just, you need those there. Yes. Light, I think we as fans need to not jump to acting like the world is over after a loss like this. It just gives ammunition to the people who call the team frauds. I very much, uh, and well, I'll, I'll throw in Light's next comment here too. Hope the guys get rest and are able to play their best for the Devils. Thousand percent light. I mean, I, I do think that that's the kind of thing that um, certainly other fan bases that aren't happy with just the expansion teams in general. That's the kind of stuff they want to see so so that they can be all like, ha ha, look at these new fans freaking out about whatever all the time. The world is ending after they just had an eight game win streak. Right. Um, and and to, to be fair. Based on what I've seen on the Discord and, and really in here and stuff, I, I think a lot of fans uh, are are taking this pretty well. You know what I mean? Everybody's pretty understanding of the rough situation the Kraken were in. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's really just the expression of, and, and I was feeling this too, just kind of disappointment a little bit that it, this had to be what it was schedule-wise. Mm-hmm. I felt like, if anything, we were just kind of robbed of a better hockey game, not necessarily of any you know points for the Kraken, but just robbed of a more close and competitive hockey game because of just the circumstances of the schedule. And I think there's some frustration with that, but yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of like really freaking out about, you know, where the team is in general. Right. Uh, Joey pointed out here, talking about Nathan Bastion. We're going to, we're going to see a revenge game from him on Thursday. (laughs) Oh man. I, Nathan Bastion there, there's, there's an old name, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is he is he regular in the lineup? I haven't even. That's been, what I was wondering. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I was when, they were, find when out. they were showing New Jersey's overall record, I was I was I was kind of surprised at how close it was to the Kraken, given New Jersey went so long with only like three losses. So it's yeah, his, making me think New Jersey has been a little, you know, less hot lately. Yeah, Bastion has not played an NHL game since November of last year. All right. I don't know if he's been, no, it shows, I think he's still been on the roster. I think he's just been a healthy scratch for that whole time. Healthy scratch for that whole time. All right. Or injured. One of those. I don't know. Well, the good news is we know he's not giving them any information about this current Kraken squad because he's not been around for for much of of really anything, actually, as far as the overall history of the Kraken is concerned. Um, Yeah, Joey talking about about things daniel and daniel and joey here with the uh, too many greasy goals and defense was just looking at one another again i, I really think the burnout there was tremendous like, yeah it's just it's absolutely brutal yeah burnout fatigue call it what you want but that's just those are tired guys just sitting there looking at each other yeah uh, I honestly thought they didn't look horrible tonight. Just one of those games. Two goals would they let the Oilers just walk in the crease and get easy goals. It's another one from Joey, that second one, and the first one being from Tammy. Yeah, it's it's just it's just one of those things where it's it's they look bad, like in a vacuum. If this is like you're only watching a handful of Kraken games over the course of the season, you watch this one, you're gonna walk away with like a very different feeling about what this team is and everything if you don't have the context of everything around it. But having that context it, it it makes you a little bit more understanding about it yeah i'd say so all right so gonna take kind of like a brief step away from the oilers game here now right to address this comment from from earlier i i very much saw the comment in chat i wasn't trying to skip it i was just trying to kind of keep the flow of the oilers stuff mm-hmm. going and then we could we could kind of address this because it's a larger um it's a larger more you know tech more important issue uh, and it's a comment here from Shine referencing the stuff that went on in uh, Philadelphia today. Just stopping in real quick to say hi and leaving y'all. I'm not really feeling a hockey mood after the Provorov stuff today. Constantly being reminded that the sport I love hates me isn't fun. So for those who don't know, Ivan Provorov, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman, refused to wear their warm-up pride jerseys today. So sat out warm-ups and then the Flyers played him later in the game, much to the surprise of many people he cited um like re- it, it being against his religion uh was what he kind of gave everybody we'll we'll hear from him tomorrow they already said they're going to make him available but w- i think more he said something tonight as well yeah okay 
uh, I know Tortorella talked tonight, but more importantly, and just, did as well. Okay. Um, more importantly, though, want to want to just you know speak to Shushan. I know you're not in here, but uh, you know that we love you. We want you around. We definitely want you to feel welcomed in our space for sure, but really want you to feel welcomed with hockey in general as well, because I do know that this is this is like one person, right? And I know that it's not just one person and that there are a lot of other right. people out there that, that kind of feel that same way. But I do know from being around hockey and, and as much as I have been and working with the different organizations that I have been, that there are so many great people within the sport who are true, true allies and are true friends uh, and and the majority of people do not feel that way within the sport and this is the kind of thing where you know again the the pride night is there to let everybody know that hockey is this welcoming and and good place and that you can come here and be happy and feel safe and feel like you can be part of this community without having to feel judged or hated and and so for something like this to happen while one of these organizations is doing a night like tonight, it is just devastating. Yeah. And I, I know that, you know, we're all trying to to live up and get closer to that, you know, that, that great motto of hockey is for everyone. And, and I know that Dylan and I feel that so strongly. And that's a, that's a big reason why we, you know, why we love doing this and love doing what we do is to, to get that group of people together from every single background that you can have um, and, and create that environment where, you know, we're all together here and, and we all accept one another. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it can be disappointing, you know, on, on nights like tonight, but it's, it's, it's good to remember that that, that community that exists and that I, I really do believe that, you know, that, that most people, you know, in, in this space and, and, you know, hopefully in the, in the world are accepting, you know, of, of, <laughs> of every you know of everybody in the difference i'm sorry i just this is you know it's something that's really important to dylan and yeah. i and um you know that, that we really believe in so thank you for for leaving that comment i think it did need to be talked mm -hmm. about i know it's not easy um to discuss it but um thank you shoeshine for for stopping by and for for mentioning that right and thank you to everybody else in the comment section who have already addressed this right and and yeah and have let shoeshine know that you're definitely welcome here this is not a space that is ever going to uh, make you feel that way. And we certainly don't want it to be uh, at all. Um, so wanted to wanted to take a moment to to address that kind of kind of step away from from the hockey stuff and, and talk about that. And, you know, the other thing I will say is, you know, we're going to see we've already seen kind of the, the larger hockey world reaction to it. And we're going to see more over the next 24 hours for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also think that you're going to see from the teams who have not already had pride nights. I think you're going to see lots of interesting things in the wake of this from them as well to just kind of further promote that, hey, the actions of like kind of one individual does not represent what the rest of the NHL feels and, and believes and kind of truly wants to wants to let people know about. And so and the Kraken are certainly one of those teams that I've I've felt like have done a fantastic job uh, at that, you know, through their short existence. But I feel like they've really made it a, a priority for them, and uh, and have been doing a good job with it. Yeah, definitely. And we're we're fortunate to work so close, you know, with with an organization like that, mm -hmm. like the Seattle Kraken, and it's something that you know, in the day to day, it can be easy to take for granted. But in moments like these, you know, you feel really fortunate. Yeah, exactly. Um, now gonna gonna touch on these two comments and perhaps even more uh, as we go down that are uh, about the beer hall stuff here a little bit. So Kraken Hawk, I'm really curious how the vibe at the beer hall was in the wake of the Seahawks loss and the succeeding Kraken Smackdown <laughs> in Chicago Sunday. I would imagine some new hockey fans were created that night. I certainly hope so. I will say this: the Seahawks fans, given the way that game went. Kind of cleared out before the Kraken game a mm -hmm. little bit. And <laughs> Queen Anne Beer Hall, I mean, everybody is starting to learn that this is a fantastic place to watch hockey, whether it's, you know, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to repeat this on the podcast, the next podcast we do. Yeah. I, I should have thought of it for the last one. But after having been there now in person and everything, it really is a really fun 
place to watch a hockey game, not just because of the kind of the way there's that almost communal seating where you could be sitting at a table with like, you know, strangers, but you're all there for that common purpose, kind of just like at an arena and, and all of that. And it, it can hold a lot of people so you can, you know, get a great atmosphere and stuff. But having the goal lights and the goal horn yes. in there, right? So every time the Kraken score, and boy, was that happening a lot at the beginning of that Chicago game, you're getting that added to the atmosphere and everything. And then Queen Anne Beer Hall does something that no other sports bar I've ever been in has done, or at least done successfully, okay? And that is they play the game audio so that you can hear JT, John, Eddie, you can hear them <laughs> While you're there watching, not only is it on all the screens and you get to watch the game anywhere, you're, any direction you're looking just about, you get to see the game, but you can actually hear the calls as well. Uh, that is unbelievable. Yes, I mean, it, it's a fantastic place to watch hockey. I'm glad you mentioned like the goal horn and the goal light. Like how often do you see that? Like the place is built for hockey. Um, and, and then, yeah, they've got the game audio on there so you can hear it. Um, but, you know, you can also discuss everything with your friends and, and the people you're sitting with and, and some new people that you meet. Like I like that kind of, you know, communal sitting table type of mm -hmm. thing for an event like that. It's great. And then also like I'm telling you, hockey is prioritized there, too. It's, yes. you know coming from you know southern california as we did it was nearly impossible it could be the stanley cup final just to get a hockey game on the tv somewhere and as we were there there was playoff football going on they had play, yes. like and actually a, like a legendary playoff football game going <laughs> but while the kraken game was on it was every single tv was the kraken game yeah. and and like I was even, you know, the the guy who was kind of running things that night, you know, came up to me and he said, you know, you got someone requesting you to put the football game on. Nah, Kraken are on. We're putting every TV. I told him every TV needs to be the Kraken game. So if you're, you know, if you're looking for a place where you know hockey is going to be on the TV, mm -hmm. uh, look no further than Queen Anne Beer Hall. Yeah, and that's not even touching on all the, you know, incredible uh, beverage options uh, that you you have, the food, all that kind of stuff as well. So. Uh, you know, uh, th this isn't just because they sponsor us. That was just something that like made a big impact on me because, you know, I've grown up a sports fan. I've got sports loving parents, right? I've been to thousands of these places. And that was something that really struck me as them being different in a good, positive way. So I want to shout that out. And then Edward uh, putting in here and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming or hoping that this is the same Edward we were able to meet uh, mm -hmm. at that first game. Uh, props for RJ and Dylan for doing the live post-game streams. Doing a show live on stage in front of real people is a whole nother beast than streaming from the comfort of home. Uh, yes, it is. Sure <laughs> is, Dylan, huh? Say that. <laughs> um, you know, forgetting just the idea of like having to stand up in front of a room of, you know, 100 plus people, whatever it was, definitely plus. Um, just, just, you know, whether you, you're factoring in mics and all the logistics of trying to get the stream going and the internet working and all of that yeah. stuff uh, adds a, a lot more stressors to the situation than what we're normally uh, having to deal with and work with. But it was really fantastic to do that. And I'm telling you, having the friendly faces uh, of, of, you know, getting to meet people uh, you know, again, assuming this is the same Edward, like like yourself and and the other people that we were able to see there at both of them. I mean, that helps immensely to, to know that you're looking out at, at somebody that you that you know and and that they're there and that they're engaged with you too. Like, thank you to yep. everybody who is like engaged with us because uh, that's a that's a big deal too. As you're looking out, not you know, it's not like all 140 or whatever people are staring at us, right, RJ? Like. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, you're you're looking out and you're trying to gain the attention of those that aren't necessarily paying attention. Right. You got to work the room. And there are times where there's dips in things and, and in energy or whatever. And you got to kind of rely on those people um, to, to help keep you going, get that energy level back up and all that stuff. So I want to give a huge shout out to to all those people who are there and, and doing that for us. That for sure. Awesome. And I, I want to echo that shout out too, because it, it can be tough, you know, in, in a big room like that. And something that we're not really used to, this is more our speed kind of, you know, like you said, the comfort of my own apartment, the, heck, the comfort of your hotel room. It's it's a little different animal. Uh, but to see the people out there, when you look out there and see, you know, faces and especially, you know, people that, that you know, or people that you recognize that, that support you, people that you got to talk to or that you, you know, can see you're going to go get to talk to and meet. Um, it, it really, uh, it, it really gives you that boost 
uh, mm -hmm. that you need to kind of get that confidence because you need that confidence to be able to work a room like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just thank you. Thank you so much to to everybody who went to those. Um, but it's, it's certainly, uh, you know, a couple of days I'm never going to forget. For sure. For sure. Um, Bazzi asking, was Schultz injured? He didn't have much time on ice, also missed power play time. Okay, so I actually, earlier yeah. on while we were going through chat, I did all the homework on mm -hmm. this. Okay, um, so yes, Justin Schultz's last shift uh, of the game came with about seven minutes to go in the second period, and I do think he was injured. Mm -hmm. I went back and watched the video. Hopefully I didn't seem too like checked out for parts of this with the chat, but I really quickly went in and watched the video, and actually I clipped it, um, of where Justin Schultz takes a hit along the end boards, and he comes up a little, you know, a, a little kind of soft there, and he did kind of finish the shift just until he could make his way to the bench. You see, once he goes on the bench, he's standing up and talking to a trainer. So I do think he was hurt there. Uh, hope he's all right. I haven't seen any updated. I just did a, like a Twitter search for the, you know, the term Justin right. Schultz and no one has tweeted that since the end about anything about him since the injury. So, I mean, who, who was that Bassy who pointed that out? Like, yeah, way to go. Like, first of all, because like nobody else seems to have noticed this at least on, on Twitter that I see. So well done. And I'm going to like tweet about this soon. It's just something to watch. But um, yeah, I can't imagine we'll have gotten any update from Hackstall tonight. Even if it was an obvious injury, he probably wouldn't give an update. Um, but yeah, let's hope Justin Schultz is okay. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's priority number one. Um, I, you know, we'll see if something comes out of post game, you know, availabilities. I, I doubt it given certainly how uh, cryptic and mysterious Dave Haxtell has wanted to be in the last 48 hours. I don't know that we'll know anything. And realistically, I don't think a team would know anything in this situation, but yes, Justin Schultz only playing 10 minutes, 12 seconds tonight time on ice wise. What's interesting when looking at this is it looks like they kind of split his duties between Susie and Borgen a little bit, as far as who was going to kind of pick up that extra ice time. Um, on his behalf there as once again Vince Dunn and Adam Larson just kind of led the way with the lion's share of minutes yeah it, it looked like that that was the case like, um, like, yeah there was no obvious person kind of picks it up because you know Vince Dunn played a, played a lot but he also got you know all the power play minutes that kind of soaked that up when looking at his 27 26 numbers so right um, Kind of, kind of interesting how how the team managed that one. Again, I got to think that's partly just because everybody's gassed in this situation. Yeah, that's that's what I would think too. I mean, everyone's so tired. When you go down to five D, like what what can you do? Yeah. Uh, so the answer, you know, bringing in the healthy scratches and everything, like, well, Kale Fleury might be in uh, on Thursday. We'll have to wait and find out the 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 actual injury news and stuff about Justin Schultz there. Yeah, Lindsay, how much does Schwartz being out of the lineup hurt the team? I really miss his net front presence. Uh, it hurts the team a lot. Uh, we talked about him kind of, you know, on this last podcast we did. It came out yesterday. Uh, yesterday was such a long day, but yeah, it came mm -hmm. out yesterday uh, when we did his midseason grade about how he's just that kind of quiet, silent presence that really makes a lot of what the Kraken want to do go and work and and is that kind of driving force for things, whether it's that net front presence or whether it's the passes he makes, the plays through the neutral zone he makes and, and the way he's able to, to kind of help create space there for guys to get cleaner zone entries, whatever it is, Jaden Schwartz is a really, really good hockey player. There's a reason Ron Francis wanted to bring him in uh, to a new expansion team and all of that stuff. There's a reason why he's had so much success in his career. And so him being out of the lineup, I, I do feel like, you know, we're starting to see the effects of that. Definitely. And and this is Jaden Schwartz is um, one of the most unsung players on this Kraken roster. And you really felt his, his absence last season, um, just doing a lot of the little things, going to a lot of the dirty areas, like you mentioned, the net front. Um, and, and as Dave Haxtell loves to say, he makes everyone around him better. And, yeah. and, and Jane Schwartz really does do that. I, I just hate that we're in this situation again where we mm -hmm. have an injury and especially an undisclosed one where Haxtell hasn't even given an upper or lower body designation. And so we're just left to wonder what is this? How bad is it? I just, I just hate that we're back here. Yeah. It's, it's just a tough situation. But as far as like, if you're looking for like the number one thing I noticed with him being out of the lineup, I know you mentioned the net front presence and that's certainly one of them. It's the clean zone entries. 
lots of rough zone entries from the Kraken in this one, or they're having to dump and chase a little bit more. That is one of those things that I, I think he's, he's able to kind of help out with that we don't necessarily call out or notice all the time. Um, but is one of those things he's able to make happen a little bit easier. Cody, 43 hits for the Kraken tells me two things. One, Edmonton had the puck too long. And two, guys were out of uh, position to get back on D. Very astute observations, Cody. You couldn't agree more with really <laughs> both of those. I love uh, kind of the whole, you know, Edmonton had the puck too much because we're, we're getting all the hits, right? That's very similar to my whole, like, you know, if a team is living is winning the giveaway race, it's generally because they have the puck more and they're attempting more passes, probably, right? And yep. so it's one of those kind of sneakily deceptive things, right? Teams want to talk about, oh, yeah, we, you know, we out hit them or whatever, and coaches might love that stuff. But it also means, you, you know, you're laying hits on puck carriers. And if the puck carrier is going to have it a lot, you're going to have a lot of hits, right? The other team's got it. Uh, so I, I really like that from Cody there. Yeah, no, that's that's a good observation, and and it's you know good with the kind of more modern understanding of the hit stat, and then maybe it's not always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, it definitely matches what we saw as far as the eye test in this one, for sure. Daniel, we either get top six scoring, or it's just fourth line and defense that scores, unless we're paying, playing peak Kraken hockey and everybody is scoring. Uh, agreed, and that's why it's like you know it's just gotta there's gotta be a way where we can you know. Kind of get like, you know, two goals from the top six, one from the back end, one from the fourth line. Like, let's go. Yeah, no, that, that would be like nice. a, a normal team would play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a concept. I know. Um, for the Kraken Whiteout, CR Bud's got the idea of get icy. I like that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Really like that's that. good. Uh, Devin cheering on the idea of us beating Vancouver so that Vancouver can tank for Bedard. <laughs> I don't know. That would that would sure be like one of those win the battle, lose the war type situations potentially yeah. for the Kraken. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, nine, boys look gassed. I don't blame them. Absolute brutal schedule we've had. Um, Jay, such a, such a slow game tonight by the boys. Everyone like the stream if you tough out this game. I know. Also, shout out to Tammy. He was reminding people to like the stream a little bit earlier. Um, let's see. Daniel, Boston's coach said they had mental fatigue when they played us, and they were coming off three days rest. Kraken were mentally dead and buried. Oof. <laughs> very yeah. true and i feel like that's uh that's a coach reaching for for something there <laughs> i think so days rest you're like well mentally we weren't there isn't that an indicative of you as the coach that after three days you couldn't get your team ready for a game i think so yeah that's uh, that doesn't really quite cut it as an excuse yes uh sarah if someone me uh only caught the radio broadcast from tonight's game what takeaway would you all give them having watched the game live all right. Um, if you only caught the radio broadcast, let's see. I mean, well, Fitz probably did a great job of painting the picture, but um, I let's see. I mean, they. I, I just keep wanting to say they look tired because <laughs> it's just just it's kind of that half second slower on it on every kind of loose puck, and I guess maybe the radio broadcast won't you know won't show that because uh, yeah. that 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 little bit sloppier in their own end just you know that that taking that energy to to push opposing players out of the front of that that stuff that just takes that little bit of extra energy those little things they weren't really doing and i mean you can't blame them for it but that's i guess kind of my biggest takeaway what do you think yeah i mean it, it, again the sloppiness all that kind of stuff there, there's a couple things one like the mcdavid goal to tie the game up it's just mcdavid doing mcdavid things and thankfully, that was kind of, you know, the Kraken, again, did a good job limiting him to only that. Like, I, I think that's something that, that needs to be brought up is that McDavid didn't look too dangerous in this one, if you're watching. Um, so I, I think that that's still a positive whenever we play the Oilers. Um, yeah, the other things are just, yeah, they were just, get, they were outnumbered around Jones is the bottom line. Like, anytime. Uh, Edmonton was able to have the puck in the offensive zone for any length of time. They were able to get it down and around Jones, and the defense was just not able to to stop them or, or really effectively handle it. So there was just lots of crowds around Jones. Jones not being able to cleanly handle rebounds. It was it was just kind of a mess you, around the goal. Yeah, if you want something to help visualize it after the fact, uh, go look at the the shot map on Natural Stat Trick. I think that's uh, that's probably what to look at. Um, I think that was pretty indicative. Probably. And also, I just want to add, like, um, it was really nice meeting you last yeah. night at, at Queen Anne Beer Hall, Sarah. Uh, nice meeting you and Jeremy, and, and great to talk to you. 
Yeah, for sure. I was going to end on that as well. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I knew yeah, you were yeah. going to get there. We're, 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 I just want to make there. sure. Yeah. Um, and and uh, last thing would be, if you want to know what the Vince Dunn goal looks like, whatever mental picture you already have about RJ's uh, glove and the duct tape just giving way, that's what it looked like. Just same mental picture, same thing. Just change out RJ for Jack Campbell. Um, you, I, I was like, ah, do I make a joke about me doing that here or not? <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm sure. I'm sure Edmonton fans would take that trade right now. To be perfectly honest, there we go. Mazzy, uh, first time the fourth line was really bad. I didn't like the lineup changes. I mean, I I think this is just again the the whole fatigue factor because it was. This is like the first time that the fourth line kind of didn't drive offense for us, RJ, and it does feel very abnormal for the Kraken. But at the same time, uh, you know, it also let's take a moment to appreciate how spoiled we are that our fourth line, um, this is what normal fourth lines look like, right? And it was a horrible game for us. Yeah, exactly. It's it's easy to see the difference. I'm looking here. Uh, the fourth line was was playing fourth line minutes. And uh, actually, according to Money Puck, on the ice for a grand total of exactly zero expected goals for. Uh, so just not driving offense like they usually yeah. do. And to be honest, they weren't. I was just thinking, I was like, I don't know that I remember any of them getting a shot on goal. <laughs> um, let's see. Donato has one shot on goal. Uh, it looks like everybody's uh, geeky with one, strong with one. So they all picked up a shot at some point, but none were mm -hmm. particularly memorable. Uh, Kraken Whiteout, Seattle Freeze. From Edward, let's give the Canucks the Seattle mm. Freeze. Well, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, some more from, from this Joey about Nathan Bastion coming back to Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, well, Joey, are you throwing him a, a parade? Let's let's hear about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bazzi's saying Nathan Bastion's injured. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, that would make more <laughs> sense than it. being a healthy scratch for two months. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, we got an Oilers fan in here, and Pete, Oilers have awakened. That was a good back and forth game, Kraken fan cheers. Well, if you think that was a good back and forth game, uh, when we know our guys were completely tired, boy, like if until <laughs> <laughs> we're well rested and we'll talk again. <laughs> yep. I, I, I yeah, no, definitely. Just I wanted to get a couple comments further down chat just about the beer hall stuff. Edward says, Yeah, yeah that was my awkward self at Queen Anne Beer Hall. <laughs> we're not not, not awkward at all. You. And then Sarah said, So nice to meet y'all as well. Yeah. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Uh, Jay, very slow and tired tonight, but that's going to happen with how the schedule has been since late December. For sure. I mean, it's, it's just what happens. Uh, are the Kraken in a playoff spot? I mean, they still should be. I mean, if we had won tonight, oh, we yeah. could have yes. jumped up in a first 100%. place. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. They'd, have to, it, they'd have to lose a few more to even have a chance. Yeah. Falling out. Uh, Let's see. Daniel, optimistic for Devils game. Seems like we really uh, we do really well when we have played East Coast teams for the first time this year. Let's let's hope that that trend continues. <laughs> I mean, this is this is part of the fun of a hockey season. RJ is dissecting what it is. What is the magic? Is it being on the road? Is it the white uniforms? Is it the Mario Kart? Right. I know. Like this is this is the kind of stuff that uh, we in the media. Uh, really, you know, focus on and, and, and everything because uh, it's it's all the team gives us. <laughs> but yeah, they won't basically. tell us a starting goaltender an hour and a half before puck drop. <laughs> and then no lineup information tonight. That was odd. I mean, we were told officially Haxtell was supposed to speak at 4.30 and I didn't hear anything about that, like from yeah. that. But anyway, I stop stop doing know, my like I you know, know inside media complaining. No one cares about that. I, I, I acknowledge this. <laughs> I know. But anyway... It was, let's just say that, that, that there was a lot of talk about that up on the press bridge from everybody involved. If you want like kind of the inside baseball look on things that, that there it is. Um, all right. So we're down here to, to, you know, from the comments from when we, when we talked and, and we're uh, about the Provorov situation, Cody, I wore my rainbow rash guard tonight for the homies. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. Love it. Sarah. Hell yeah. I'm queer and hockey is for me. Honestly, F any player who gets stomach <laughs> like, wearing a pride jersey. I know. Uh, hockey will leave them behind and good riddance to them. Sean, thanks for stopping to discuss that situation and reaffirm how unacceptable it is. Jay, I know you won't read this because you have to stay monetized, but F Provorov. Uh, Joey, I support Shoeshine, but at the same time, um, 
should they not be forced to? I mean, it, it becomes like an interesting situation in the sense that I know it becomes a problem for the players union and like legally legal issues. And so I saw that floated around on Twitter, the whole idea of like, well, they had to let him play because if they didn't because of it, then it's a legal issue for them. And they only have like 10 minutes to decide that. But I'm just going to say we've seen coaches hold people out for, you know, being five minutes late to a meeting and it doesn't turn into things like I, I don't. I'm not sure I buy that excuse. And and particularly with this coach too, uh, you know, I, this has been mm-hmm. pointed out so many times on, on Twitter since this has happened, but, you know, Tortorella's previous comments about, you know, player protests and how he might approach that. Um, just interesting to see him going in that direction this time. Yeah. So it, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it, it really was. I was honestly very surprised. And that's why I, that's why I was like, okay, well maybe that is the situation going on. Was they worried about the, mm-hmm. The, Which, the, yeah, the then someone from above him could tell him, like, look, we, we could get in serious legal trouble here. Right. If you don't, and then, you know, then it's out of his hand. He's like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm. It's, just, it's just, again, it's just like, you know, the whole point of the whole thing is to help people feel accepted. <laughs> that it's just like, well, we can't do it for legal reasons. It's like, what? Um, all right. Uh, let's see. But, you know, happy to read all the all those comments there, everybody. Uh, glad for the, the support there for Shoeshine. Uh, Lindsay Burkowski has been frustrating me lately. Feels like he's getting too fancy with the button hooking away and looking for a perfect pass instead of shooting. Caused a few turnovers tonight. He could be firing the puck a little bit more, RJ. I, I do think so, too. And I, I do always associate the button hooking away and looking for a perfect pass just as something that that Burkowski kind of always does. But yeah, and, and maybe th- this is the kind of thing that maybe builds on itself when things aren't going your way. You're not scoring as much as you'd like to, or you used to, you feel less confident in walking in and taking that shot that it might go in. And so instead you try and use your teammates. And given that this is the book on Burakovsky, that he's really hot for a while and really cold for a while, I could see it almost having that, that mental side of things where, you know, when you're hot, you're, you're going to throw every puck on net because you're a shooter and you're a mm-hmm. darn good shooter. And they're probably going to go in versus when they're not, Oh, well, I've better hold up here and try and find a pass um i wonder if there is something to that yeah i i don't know what it is but it is one of those like at some point you know like you're a goal scorer like that's part of one of the things like about him like this isn't somebody with like the reputation of an alexander wenberg right and so at some point you just want to go like you know shooters got to shoot right like just go for it uh and and i feel like that has been missing lately from burkowski's game just a little bit um Let's see. Uh, uh, Tammy, the, the game I went to at Queen Anne Beer Hall, I literally thought the first goal we scored, I was hearing the actual CPA horn. Yes, yeah, talking about the... the they got it sounding pretty close. I think that. they do a good job on that. Yeah. Um, oh, man, things just jumped around on me. I know we got a CR Bud super chat down there. Do you have that? You want me to read that? Bud? Yeah. Yeah. I got it. All right, here from CR Bud. McDavid, amazing player. I sports hate him. <laughs> there, I said it. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understandable. I mean, he's, he's, he's quite the player. I, he's just, uh, cause I think someone commented on Twitter during the game, like, like darn, you know, shame the Kraken don't have a difference maker like McDavid. And my first thought was, well, there's only one difference maker like McDavid and it's McDavid. There is, there is only one. He's in a, in a totally different realm from any other player in the NHL, I think. Yeah. I mean, any other player on the planet, like it's yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> it's just it's it's wild. I mean, I uh, the only thing I can compare it to is is just from hearing like you know my parents talk about watching Gretzky, where it's mm-hmm. just there's just somebody who is just that much better than everybody else. And whenever you see that at you know this kind of level of professional game, it's it's weird. And and because the NHL plays an 82 game schedule, and because he's been in the league now for seven this is your seven i think for him yeah i mean that's yeah 2015 draft right i mean it might even be more than that i I think it's your seven the fact that you know we've just seen him for so long that it's just become like well yeah that's just what mcdavid does let's focus on like whatever else right is going on but again we're talking about a guy who coming into today was 20 points clear of the in in points of the first person to be not be on his team like not be dry below him just you know casually mid-january have a 20 point lead on everybody else in the league like that's insane 
right? Crosby never really did that. He, well, I guess he did the one season that he got concussed. But you know what I mean? Like these are things that like just very few people are even capable of. And the fact that we're seeing it from him every season that he's healthy is is just kind of mind blowing. And uh, shame on the Oilers for not being able to capitalize on I it. I know. Better. Like how how do you not? <laughs> build a consistent winner around that i it takes some real mismanagement can you be cracking connor for real <laughs> yeah absolutely and i know the meme and everybody in like the game chat on discord like this that you know this connor mcdavid guy might be good at hockey and, it, and it, even that is almost feeling like it's just like well this is just what we say because we're all in awe of what he can do uh, yeah. there all right, let's see here. I'm having such a hard time as as the as the little scroll thing gets smaller and smaller on my laptop here, trying to keep it up uh, with with chat. So so excuse me as I have a little difficulties here trying to go through this. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Kepler just got home and finished watching the game. Lots of sloppy play and turnovers let this game get out of hand. Games with Edmonton are turning into a good rivalry, though. They are, and that is something positive that we can take away from this. Like Pete brought it up earlier, right? The, the back and forth game. Really, we can say it's a back and forth season with the Oilers, and you know, I I don't think any of us expected Edmonton to maybe kind of turn into one of those fun rivalries for the Kraken. But I I would say we're kind of there at least this season. Yeah, it's certainly gone that way so far. I I feel like after every Kraken Oilers game, one of the teams comes away from it feeling frustrated, um, which is, you know, that's the kind of groundwork that you build for rivalries. And, um, you know, looking at the standings, it's there's a long ways to go, but it's not out of the question that these two teams could meet for a first round playoff series. Yeah, for sure. And just because so, you're just hopping in here, Kepler, uh, I was calling for, you know, we, we want to do the whiteout. This is something we talked about when, when we were talking at Queen Anne Beer Hall the other day. I'm thinking for the Vancouver game a week from Wednesday on the 25th of January. We all got to wear all our white jerseys, whether we're at home, at the game, all that kind of stuff. I want to get as many cracking people on board uh, with this as possible. I think I think that can help get us over the hump and finally beat the Canucks. Yep. Yes. And, and we had some good suggestions in the chat as far as like, you know, what, what to call it. We need it. We need like a little catchy hashtag. So people have been throwing their suggestions in for that one. Yep. Uh, Lindsay petition for the Kraken to wear their white away jerseys for the super skills showcase. Oh, that would be sick. Or yeah, two teams. Right. Like the all-star game used to have team, right? It was well, 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 the teams. skills showcase had teams last year. It was team oh, Drieger versus team Grubauer. Okay. Did one wear the away jerseys? I am going back into my photos to look. Give me a second. Let's see All how right. fast I I'm can gonna, I'm going to read this from, from Al. Euler fan here. Remember the last time we beat you, you went on a seven-game win streak? <laughs> see you March 18th. Then maybe playoff? Uh, it very well could be that this is the team that we have to face in the playoffs. So I know we just talked about how great Connor, Connor McDavid is and all that. Just remember... Last two games, we have been able to, you know, keep him largely in check, and hopefully that that trend continues. Yeah, no, and thanks for coming in here, Al. So I just looked it up. Um, the uh, yes, they did actually. Team Grubauer wore white jerseys, and Team Drieger wore the dark jerseys uh, for the Skills Showcase last year. So I imagine uh, they they might go with something similar this year, and. Um, I've, you know, I'll, I'll share this a little bit for the, for the people who are in here I, over the hour mark after this game with us, I've heard they've already picked teams. So I, I've heard they've got the teams ready and there's going to be some very interesting stuff with that. Interesting. So that's the little rumblings I'm hearing. Interesting. Can you confirm that Adam Larson was the first pick? Cannot confirm that because <laughs> I can confirm that you were not <laughs> one of the people picking teams. There will be no Sorry. team Dylan at the skills showcase this season, unfortunately. So uh, can't confirm. Yeah. Jay, I wish I could take part in the whiteout. I'll be in Dutch Harbor for work. Can you wear white at work? <laughs> if that is at all possible something. wear white socks something <laughs> uh and then tie that button hook move is taught consistently to wingers it's something used to create separation throw off defenders um mcdavid button hooks all the time and attacks from it heck i even work on the button hook lol well, of, of course ty you would model your game after burkowski why am i even surprised no, I know it's a very common thing, and it does do exactly that. Like there, that is the reason that it is taught. I mean, thank you for adding that and bringing that up, Ty. Um, it is worth noting that it's just that you can't be the thing 
you kind of only always rely on. And you can't always just be looking to try to make a pass from there, too. One of the other things I've noticed from Burakovsky is I still don't feel like he and Beniers have really gelled. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still don't think that there's that chemistry there. You'll see McD- uh, Beniers as he kind of, you know, free forms his way through the offensive zone. Burakovsky, I think it throws him at times. And, and Beniers will kind of enter his space. And Burakovsky will make a move to kind of exit and, and vacate that space so Beniers can have it. But Beniers is just passing through. And there isn't that kind of feel for each other. And then all of a sudden, there's just an empty spot, right, in a, in a good good spot. So. I don't know if, if that's still maybe part of it as well. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that might be part of it. And just that that chemistry hasn't hasn't fully come together. Uh, Jay, I'll pack the 13-0 Gord away jersey. Perfect. Sounds, yeah. sounds good. Right. Um, let's see. I don't have a problem with the button hook itself. It's more his lack of shooting lately or doing the button hook but losing the puck and creating a turnover high in the zone. I, I understand yeah. that. All right. So as we just hit the hour and five-minute mark, <clears throat> excuse me i think uh let's see are we at the end of chat here yeah that's the end of chat i mean i i know i i, I kind of skipped over um more conversation around the burk uh not the burk the the Provorov stuff everybody like again i was just trying to kind of keep things um moving and finish out that other stuff the the bottom line is as i'm you know reading all this stuff is it's you know certainly unfortunately not something we can solve here in chat um, but it's it's going to be an interesting situation as we hear more about everything. Like I said, I, I feel like you know we uh, apparently we've heard something from from Provorov tonight. I still think that there's going to be more tomorrow from this, and at some point we will hear kind of more of what the Flyers were thinking and all of that, and whether or not it was a legal issue for them. Um, I. I Again, I don't know. It's I've I can't recall the last time a player has opted out of warmups and then been allowed to play. Like yeah. I, I will I will I will throw that out there. Like that to me is the thing that I still, you know, I don't know. Yeah. None of it feels good, right? Obviously. Yeah. Uh him playing at all does, certainly doesn't feel good, but that I don't know. I I, I again I, yeah, I we'll see. We'll see what what comes of it, and I'm sure a lot more will over the coming couple of days. But I just want to kind of close it out on the note of just, you know, uh, you know, us and our community, and 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 all of you, and just that that hockey is for everyone, and that that you are welcome here. I just I want, you know, everyone watching this to hear that message, uh, because I think yeah. it's really important, especially tonight. Uh, and so I think we'll we'll kind of close it out on that note. Yeah, for sure. So thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, thanks to you for you know all of you that we were able to meet at Queen Anne Beer Hall those last two games. It was absolutely fantastic to finally meet so many of you in person. For me, that, that really meant a lot. Uh, I know it did for RJ as well to, to have you all there. Um, so we're going to go ahead and uh, say, and see you all next time.